Now, you know how we all go on holiday, sometimes with family, other times we just go by ourselves. Sometimes there are those family members who just push themselves to go on the holiday, even when you would have just wanted you and your spouse to go. And so there was that um, couple who have this wonderful mother-in-law who's always there directing and pulling their strings. (laughs) You know, all the time. (laughs) And so... They went, they were going for this holiday to Israel. And the mother-in-law said, I'll go with you. And they didn't know how to say, no, actually, we just want to go by ourselves. And this man bent over backwards and allowed mom-in-law to go with them. And so when they got to Israel, unfortunately, this woman took ill, took her to hospital. A few days after, well, she passed away. Oh, that was quite awful. The holiday was ruined. And so, well, they had to begin to go back home. And so they came to the man and said, Well, you know, if you want us to bury her here, it's going to cost just 500 pounds. But if you want to repatriate the body, it's going to cost... Ten times, 5,000 pounds. The man said, actually, I want to repatriate the body. They said, oh, how he loved the mother-in-law. He said, actually, no. Last time I checked, there was a man who was buried in this land, and he resurrected after three days. (laughs) I don't want to take the chance. (laughs) So she decided to repatriate the body so that the one pulling the string will no longer come back to pull the strings. (laughs) But the question is, who is pulling your string? That's where we end the last week. And it's because sometimes some of these things don't happen so clearly. They happen very, very subtly. They happen very, very subtly. And we find ourselves entangled and being directed and controlled by persons or forces or things. Because we looked at Paul's um, exclamation in Romans chapter 7, where he was just saying, I want to do what is right, but I don't know what's happening. I'm doing the wrong thing. So it's not just about people, it's also about things, attitudes and behaviors that hold us captive. And so the question is really, who is doing that? Who is pulling the string? And what has happened? Who is pulling the string there? (laughs) So we are looking at the part two of defying the puppet master. That we have as Christians a liberty to worship God in spirit and in truth. And so this message is to help anyone who is under any mental or psychological pressure. Someone who is just wondering, how can I cope with all these things happening to me? Someone suffering external pressures, overt and sometimes 
subtle, you know, bullying and intimidation. Because sometimes those who bully don't come out openly, especially in offices, because they know it could land them into trouble. But they find ways of actually making life difficult for others. So if you are facing that kind of situation, I believe there's something the Lord wants to do for you today. Those who have been disenfranchised, they have no voice because they are not allowed to make their voice known. There's someone in an office somewhere who, whatever she does, she brings in uh, her opinion in a meeting, everyone behaves as if she didn't say anything. But when someone else says something, they jump at that. Everything is to knock her down and make her feel worthless. And that could be a situation someone is facing, people who have lost control. You know very well you want to do, want to be in control of your life, or you want to be in control of your circumstances, but for some reason, that control has been lost. Some people have found themselves in places of addiction where they find themselves unable to break it. And as I say this, I remember that song by Amy Winehouse. Very sad. This was one of the best musicians in my own estimation. She has this wonderful voice. But she wrote a song where they said they asked her to go to what? Rehab. And she said what? No, no, no. What killed her? Well, it's said to be an overdose. And so, I wonder whether she was in control of her life. Genesis chapter 3 tells us of that first encounter between humanity and the devil. Where he came to them and said, did God really say? Did God really say? Now you see how subtle the devil came? Maybe if he came to them and said, disobey God. They said, no way, Satan, we can't disobey God. But he came and said, did God really say you shouldn't eat this fruit? And then he brought in what? Doubt in their minds. Just as he came to Jesus, he said, if you be the son of God, he wanted to put in doubts. But Jesus said, come get out from here. If you be the son of God, you can jump from this place. Jesus didn't need to prove to him he's a son of God. He knew he was a son of God. If you be the son of God, you can turn this turn into bread. You're hungry. You've been fasting. Eat bread. And I know you can turn this turn to bread. Just do it. And Jesus said, no. Man shall not do what? Live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Because a lot of times, our ignorance of the word of God is what could lead us to difficult situations where we begin to wonder exactly how we get ourselves out of it. And so the control the devil had was to come and subtly throw in words. In the days of communism in Russia, they would use all kinds of propaganda. Even today in China, there's what they call the re-education for religious people. 
They will come and arrest Christians, and even today now it's Muslims. It used to be Christians only, but they are saying that Muslims are also spreading all over the place. And they will take people into camps they call re-education camps. And they want to brainwash them so they can renounce their faith. But if you're not strong, then you will renounce your, your faith. Now, I think it was in Bulgaria in those days as well of communism that this school teacher was brought out in the open and they put the picture of Jesus there. And they said, everyone in this school spit on this picture and cross away just to make sure we know who is a Christian and who is not a Christian. When this teacher came to that point, she took up the picture that everyone else has spat on and cleaned on her dress and kissed the picture of Jesus. Of course they knew she was a Christian. She said, the Lord has been good to me, delivered me from my sins. How can I dishonor my Lord? Well, she was arrested. But he said, that was a price. She was ready to pay for her faith. That was a price she was ready to give. If you look at Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, it says, Now, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. They can put you in jail, but you are free. Daniel was taken because he refused to bow to this image of Nebuchadnezzar's you know, God. He was praying to God three times a day, as always. They took Daniel and put him in this lion's den. And Daniel, they thought he was going to die. The king who made the decree was afraid. He was just wondering what was going to happen to Daniel. And early in the morning, Dr. Shazi came. That was Nebuchadnezzar's son. Daniel, are you there? Are you there? He knew Daniel was a righteous man, but because he had signed a decree, he couldn't go back. And Daniel said, I'm here, my Lord. And they brought Daniel out. The lions didn't scratch him. But when they threw the people in there, the lion caught them and tore them in pieces. Daniel decided to stand for his faith. It was important for him. He knew that even if human beings condemned him, he would stand for what he knew was the truth. And Jesus said, by their fruit you will know them. The people who do this kind of control, it comes through. But it might not be apparent at the time they are doing that because the scripture talks about false prophets. Last time I said even in church, there could be pro- false prophets. You hear all kinds of things out there. Even when you want to listen to Christian channels, you need to know what is the truth and what is not the truth. I'm happy for the um, link to YouTube, and we find fantastic messages on YouTube. But you have to also be careful to know what you're listening to. The Bible talks of Berean Christians, who when they hear Paul, Paul the apostle of all people, they will go back to the Bible to search through to see whether what Paul said tallies with the scripture. 
The trouble with Christianity today is that we have no time to study the Word of God. And so we are tossed about by every wind of doctrine. We hear things and we don't know which one is true because we are not studying for ourselves. Spend time. That's why when we talk about Bible study, it's for us actually to sit down and question some things and go through them and learn and grow in our faith. Don't see studying the scripture as one other thing. No, it's an essential part of who you are as a Christian. It's important because that's what will help you to stay away from false doctrine. I'd like to read some of those uh, scriptures. And I'll take um, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Second Corinthians 11. And we'll look at verses 3, 4, and then 13 to 15. It says there, But I am afraid, actually from verse 1, I hope you will put up with me a little foolishness. Yes, please, put up with me. Just hear Paul writing. Put up with me with a little foolishness. I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promise you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the snake's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotions to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. Paul said, can you imagine? You know what you received before. You know the truth of scripture that has come to you. Why then will you be there and allow strange teachings to come to you that are different from the truth you have received? Verses 13 to 15. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself does what? Masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. So Satan will not come sometimes openly. I have known Christians who genuinely say they love God, but they have found themselves joining cult groups. Back in Nigeria many years ago, we were doing a church project, and that church project needed a lot of money. 
and the church didn't have all that money. So we went out appealing to Christians outside the church. And we went to this very wealthy man, known. He was a minister in the, in the republic. So he, this man was really very known. And we went to him on a day he invited us for breakfast. And we sat with him on the table and we had this wonderful sumptuous breakfast. <laughs> and when we finished, we now went into the topic of our visit. I said, oh, don't worry. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Um, where are you with the project? We described the whole project to him. And he said, all right, um, I think I'm going to choose either of making the, uh, slabbing the floor for you or roofing the whole building. We said, wow, wonderful. Because either of those was going to cost a lot of money. And so we were happy. And then we went on talking. And then he said to us, well, you know, some of these preachers these days, a pastor in my local church has been preaching against, um, um, what's this group again? Uh, Freemasons. He's been preaching against Freemasons. I mean, we are doing a lot of good. And so why will he be talking about this? And I'm angry with him. You know, and when he finished talking about his involvement in being a Freemason, I was alarmed. Because why? This group called the Freemasons believe in a God that is not the God where we serve. And have symbols that tell you they are symbols of bondage. Now, Freemasons, when they do their initiation, they bind the people and blindfold them. And when they come to the point of making their vows, they vow to protect the secrets of the cult with their own blood. And when they are doing that, they are putting either a sword or a spear, something on their chest, to say, if ever they fail, let this pierce through their hearts. So anyone who is making that kind of vow, I wonder what kind of vow it is. And, you know, if you go deeper to study the history, the work of the Freemasonry, you begin to discover it's not Christian. But there are many, many, some, in fact, bishops who have belonged to the Freemasonry. And so it's not about who. What do you believe? And so the devil finds a way of taking people out. So, well, you can imagine when we left that place, I was really shaking. <laughs> In fact, I, as he was talking, I felt like throwing up all the wonderful breakfast I had that day. But when we went, we sat back in the church and we said, we are not taking his money for whatever it is. And we refused to go back to take his money. Because we said to ourselves, we would rather stay out in the open and let it rain on us and we'll worship God that way than take money that has been sacrificed to the devil. So the church is not about people, even when we give offering, let me tell us, it's not because the church is poor. God can always sponsor his work. Actually, when we give, God wants to bless us. God wants you to give, not because he is poor or hungry. 
He said, if I want all the animals in the forest that belong to me. So God is not actually about our money. Because I've heard people say, oh, the church is all about money. No, they're getting it wrong. They don't know that. And so the puppet master, as I said the other week, and I would repeat, it's about control. The subtlety and the lies. Sometimes they use guilt, make you feel guilty, and then do what they want you to do. But if you know your place in the Lord, you will refuse to be moved. Threats and intimidation. In an office situation, they want you to do something, they begin to threaten you. If you don't do this, it could be very, very subtle, as I said. Not very, very overt. Because they know if they come overt, that you are going to report them. But they begin to come in ways, use trust and you know, uh, guilt, intimidation. And sometimes mistrust can make us become really entangled in a web of control. In marriages, it can happen. Sometimes it's addiction, as I said before. The other day, we went for a safeguarding uh, pastoral care um, uh, conference. And there was one word, codependency. Codependency is when someone has been made to rely totally on another. I mean, there are carers who are doing a fantastic job. Now, don't get me wrong there, because people depend on them to help them. But this is about control, wanting to have what? Direct control. So codependency can come when there is lack of love and nurture, when someone feels, you know, they are not really being cared for. And so they want someone to actually depend on. And so they feel they have to give themselves to this person. Or it could be that the person has suffered abandonment and rejection. Oh, yes, you may have felt abandoned or rejected. But let me tell you, you're a child of God. And God loves you. It doesn't matter whatever it is you experience through life. It could be family addiction, yes, physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. People taking advantage of others mentally or physically through illness. That's codependency. So how? Let's come to the end of it. How do we defy this puppet master? Thank God today we have the um, ministry team standing by to pray with us in case you need some prayer, in case you want someone to pray with you. But it's about knowing who you are. If you're a Christian, you're saved, you're a new creation. All things have passed away. And so you can declare for yourself, I'm a new creation. I'm under no condemnation. Now let me tell you the story of this you know, servant who worked with others. And on this day, he was shushing away the master's um, goose. And unfortunately... What he was using knocked it on the head and it fell over and died. The other worker said, what have you done? You've killed the master's goose. He said, please, please don't tell. Please don't tell. He said, well, you know, I'm your friend. I'm going to help you. I'm not going to tell. But you know what? Tomorrow you're going to do my work for me. He said, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't tell. And the next day they came to work, that worker 
went lounging in the sun and allowed this person to do their work. By the time he was going home, he was so tired and he went home so late. The wife said, this is unusual. Are you all right? He said, oh yeah, I just did some extra work, some extra work. He didn't want to tell the wife. Next day, next day, next day, things got worse. And this other person was now pulling the string. If you don't want me to tell our master, do this for me. If you don't want me to tell my master, pay for our lunch. If you don't want to tell the master, do this for me. And they kept doing that until a point when the man said, look, my life has become miserable. I'm almost losing my wife because she's beginning to wonder something else is happening behind the scenes. And he went to work that day determined he was going to break the strings. And the other worker came as usual. Hey, are you here? Hey, John, come, 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 come. Come on, do my work. He said, I'm not doing your work for you. He said, are you not? Yes, I'm not. Are you not? I'm going to tell your master. He said, actually, I went this morning and told the master. You did? Yes, I did. And what did he do? The master has forgiven me. Because he went to the master that morning and said, I'm sorry for what I did. If you look very well, you'll find that one of the keys you have here is no more. I killed it. You killed it? You killed it? You're in trouble. He said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. What happened? He explained everything. He said, my life has been in misery since then. And I want to be free. Please. If you want me to pay for it, whatever you want, I will do it. But I don't want to be under this kind of control anymore. And the master said, thank you for your honesty. Go away. You're a very good worker. And I think you deserve a pardon. And that was it. And from that day, nothing else. No more working for free. No more being bound. No more being controlled. And so when you know who you are, whose you belong to, you identify the next identify who this puppet master is, who is controlling, who is making you angry all the time, who is making you react in a way that does not please God. And what do you do? Cut the string. Cut it off. Because why? You look at that picture there. Cut it up. Cut it up. God wants us to be free. Declare who you are in Christ. I am a new creation. No more condemnation. If the enemy in your heart is using what you've done many years back. Some people live their lives and they are remembering one terrible thing that happened and the devil is saying, you can't be a child of God. No, you are a child of God. God has saved you. God has delivered you. You can't live under any condemnation anymore. You are free. You can go to your daddy. Like the prodigal son said, I'm going back home. Wow. He went back home. And so this morning, if you're here today, you've not gone back home to your father God. This could be the day when you say, Lord, I'm coming back home. I'm tired of living this life. It has taken advantage of me all these years, but I'm coming back home today. Or maybe you're a Christian already. And you find yourself 
under this kind of hold, God can break it and you'll be free indeed. Let's come to a time of private prayer. Can you begin to talk to God if you face any kind of pressure, any kind of control? It might be a habit. It might be a thought that has taken control of your mind. You can ask the Lord to help you this morning. Break those strings. You can ask the Lord to help you break those strings. Let the Lord help you be free. Jesus said, if the Son shall make you free, you'll be free indeed. And if you want to pray with me, if you want to give your life to Jesus, so he will set you free. Jesus is the one who can set us free from every kind of control. Known or unknown, seen or unseen. I'd like you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me my sins. Help me, Lord, to be free from all the things that hold me, that control me, that direct my life. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Make me free today. Give me peace in my heart. Lord Jesus, give me the power to be in charge of my life by the leading of your Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord, to be in control today. Lord, I surrender to you. Come, Lord Jesus, fill my heart with your peace. Fill my life with your presence. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Shall we just all rise up for a moment, please? If you can, please, can you just rise up? Every Christian, every human being created by God is called by God to live in the light of the Word of God. All of us here this morning, this could be the change. This could be because for each of us, it could be one thing or the other. It could be intimidation that you are facing or peer pressure if you're a young person. What fear is it that is holding back? holding back your life. Let's once again say, Lord Jesus, come, Lord, fill my heart. Lord Jesus, come, fill my heart with your peace. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, thank you, Jesus. All over this place, the Spirit of the Lord is moving here.
Let's make a declaration together. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I belong to you. I declare today, my life is in your hands. I am not under any bondage. I refuse every influence that does not come from you. I refuse any control that is not of the Holy Spirit. I break every string and cut every hold over my life. I surrender to you, Lord. Take control of my life and guide me in the path of life to serve you and to live for you all the days of my life. And let the people of God say, Amen. And so, Father, I pray for this whole congregation today. I release your glory and your power over our lives. Lord, this morning I pray there shall be, Lord, a testimony in every life. Lord God Almighty, we begin to release your anointing upon each and every one of us here today. The Lord God, whatever it is that anyone here may be facing, whether it has to do with substance abuse or control, whether it has to be with human control and abuse, whether it has to be, Lord Almighty, with our thoughts and, Lord Almighty, addictive behaviors, this morning, by the power in the name of Jesus, we command their hold to be broken in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Almighty, because we know we are free. We are free to serve you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And let the people of God say, Amen.